the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hart. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Matt Branch. Matt is a former D1 collegiate football athlete who played for LSU. He lost his leg in a hunting accident 11 months ago. He has had to relive his college training and diet schedule to prepare himself to become a successful amputee and prosthetic user. So welcome onto the show, Matt. Thanks, James. So beyond the initial introduction I have given you there, Matt, is there any little nugget that you want to add to it to give to my audience? Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I lost my leg in an accident 11 months ago. And, you know, I just want everybody to understand that, you know, before the accident happened, I was, I was fat. I was out of shape. You know, I was probably 280 pounds. I still had basically all my playing weight. I failed to lose it. Um, you know, after my career ended at LSU, um, you know, I was poor diet, uh, drank too much alcohol, you know, all these things. And then, you know, when, when this tragic thing happened to me, I, I don't know what it did. It just kind of, you know, woke something up inside of me that had been there all along. And, you know, something that I'd failed to tap into um, in my past. And, and I don't know, here I am today. And, and, you know, I'm just here to share my story and and kind of hope that, you know, maybe I can inspire others that, you know, it's never too late to, to get started. You know, you, you can always change, change your body, change your mindset um, any given day. And, um, you know, you can, you can reach your goals. Do you think in terms of obviously resulting towards uh, alcohol and kind of losing sight of where you were going in life in terms of obviously weight loss, uh, within terms of weight management, should I say, sorry that you didn't have a purpose and, and be it from, and I'm going to expl- put this into context for you, Matt, is because obviously you've got a training schedule routine built around virtually six to seven days a week. Do you think because once you've left your institution, you kind of lose sight of that because what has become customary for you for t- t- near gone t- almost 25 years is no longer there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I would say when I was there, you know, they put us through the ringer. We were, you know, training, doing stuff every single day. And I guess when you get done with that, you almost feel burnt out to a sense. And, um, you know, some people continue to, you know, do that regiment and they move on and play at the next level. And, you know, but the majority of us, you know, we didn't get the opportunity to play at the next level. And, you know, a lot of my friends and stuff will all say the same thing. After you've been through four or five years of, you know, training hell, basically, you're just tired of it and you're burnt out, you know. And that may not be the best thing for us physically, you know, because a lot of guys, they tend to get overweight like I was. And, um, you know, just kind of lose track of, of their health. And, you know, you look, you wake up and it's 10 years down the road and you're still, you know, 280, 300 pounds. That's what you were playing at. And there's no reason to be that big, you know, out in the real working world. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely say it's just it's something that, you know, and it's different for everybody. But for me, it was something that I, I just felt like I was burnt out, you know, and I just kind of wanted a break and I used that as an excuse to, I guess, basically not have to revisit those painful moments in the gym, you know. But would you cut, would you put that down to physical fatigue, mental fatigue, or just a combination of the two? I'd say it's a combination, but for me, it was probably mostly uh, mental fatigue. 
you know, I was just um, at a point when I was playing down there that I was, I felt like I was, I was spinning my wheels and I wasn't getting anywhere. And it wasn't because I wasn't physically talented. It was basically because I was not um, mentally preparing myself every day to show up and, and put in the hard work and put in the time to, to really, uh, you know, make a difference for me athletically and, and build a career for me down the road. Um, an NFL career, you know, I had, I had several guys that I played with who've gone on to be just extremely talented, you know, NFL players and who've had great careers. And, you know, one thing I could say that was consistent among all those people were their work ethic. You know, they, they showed up and they, they put out every single day. They worked hard. They had a different, to, a different kind of air to them than, than the rest of us did. And, uh, it, it, it really was something to watch and learn from. And then, you know, when this happened to me 11 months ago, I thought back on those days and, and remembered seeing, okay, these were the guys that were successful. They were the guys that were mentally tough and mentally ready. Every single day, they showed up ready to go. And um, I basically decided then and there, you know, this is, I've, I've got to adapt that, that mindset, that, that way of thinking for me to be successful as an amputee moving forward. Um, you know, it, it really was a, a big learning moment for me um, when I was down there. And, you know, I took it hard because I f didn't necessarily felt like um, or feel like I had been cheated. I felt like I had cheated myself in a way. Um, and it was hard to, to revisit those days and, and think about that, you know, think of an opportunity that was squandered and, than to wake up and almost get like a second chance at an athletic career as an amputee. You know, James, you've, you've been in, involved in athletics as an amputee. And, um, you know, there's, there's lots of opportunities out there for us. And, you know, I just felt like this was something that, that I needed to do that, that I was led to do to, uh, to make the most of my situation for me and my family down the road. Do you think also, Matt, be, being your, your athletic background, being at the collegiate level, has helped you um, maybe get over, you know, the stumbling blocks that you'll, you'll hear other amputees talk about, be, you know, adversity in terms of having to overcome, be it not necessarily the physical adaptations, which that's going to depend on different circumstances, but do you think you were put in a better position mentally to overcome this new challenge because of the physical hardship you you put your body through day in day out just just to 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 a sense survive at the collegiate level definitely um you know when i woke up and they told me i'd lost my leg at the hip and i would become a hip disarticulation amputee um, you know, immediately we Googled it and, and started to read up on it. And, you know, we could not find any positive experience out of a hip disarticulation amputee. Um, for anybody out there who's familiar with it, you know, it's extremely difficult, extremely rare as well. It's not every day that you're going to see, you know, somebody amputated all the way at the hip. It's not every day that you're even going to see an amputee, period, much less one at the hip. So, you know, when I when I started to read all this and I started to read the people's stories and I was just, I mean, depressed almost, like laying in that hospital bed thinking, you know, I'm not going to be able to do anything moving forward. Like my life is going to suck, basically. And, um, you know, I, I had a moment there where I, well, it was a pity party for me and I felt sorry for myself and, you know, blamed outside things. You know, why did this have to happen to me? You know, I'm sitting here watching TV and, you know, I got all these people on commercials and TV shows running around on two legs. And I'm like, you know, all these people in the world, like, why me? You know, well, I know about a few or probably three or four weeks of that kind of thinking. And I realized, like, this way of thinking is not going to get me anywhere. It's not going to get me out of this hospital bed. So I started to think about it in a different way and ask myself, you know, why not me? Why can't I be the one to have a positive experience from all this? Why can't I be the one to show people that this is possible, you know, with, with a certain way of thinking, a certain mindset, and a certain work ethic? 
that you have to put in every day. And this way of thinking, this mindset change that I had um, has really pushed me to, to become, I guess, a successful hip disarticulation amputee. Um, you know, I, I, I tried very hard in the hospital uh, to change my mindset and I was successful at it. And it wasn't easy. It was, it's not, it's still not easy every day. You know, every day is still a struggle. Every day is a challenge. But I feel like now that I'm prepared for this challenge and my time spent at LSU has definitely, um, you know, put me in the right place as far as, you know, like you said, having gone through some of these hard things in life before and having dealt with it then and realizing, okay, I just ran 2,610 yard sprints in a row for time. You know, that was extremely hard. It's extremely difficult, and I survived. I did it. So that kind of gave me the confidence that, all right, I can push myself. Now, obviously, I had to figure out my limitations as far as, you know, trying to get around on one leg, and, and I had to use crutches for a long time before I got my prosthetic. But, um, you know, once I, once I kind of got a feel for, okay, these are some movements that I can go with, that I can, that I can learn, that I can use, that are going to help me you know, build my body back up, um, build my strength up. And, uh, you know, just having the confidence that I've been through some of this before really kind of helped push me to, to go the extra mile and, you know, really try to train my body in a new way and, and come up with, with new ideas on, on diet and, you know, the, the body um, tight, the style that, that I wanted to have to be a successful prosthetic user. And do you think it gave you that awareness to be able to kind of look at things under the microscope, so to speak, when with a fine tooth comb and say, well, what I was doing before wasn't serving me, but like you were saying and using your own words, it's given me a new lease of life to kind of say, well, this is where I want to take my life and, and, and I pick and choose what I take away and what I put in to be able to maximize that potential. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just trying to think of my child, you know, I have a two year old son at the house and a wife and I knew that they were still going to be, you know, dependent on me to, to get my life together and to get my act together and, and figure out a way to, to get this done. You know, that was, that was another big time, you know, driving thing for me, uh, you know, having them at the house depending on me and, and I didn't want to be a burden to them. So, you know, I, I tried to suck it up and, and go in another direction than everything I had read, you know, every, everything that um, we thought this would turn into, I was able to kind of divert that and, and try to move it in a more positive way to, to help me and, and my family. And then along the way, I kind of saw where, you know, maybe I could help more than just me and my family. Maybe I can, you know, help other amputees who are out there struggling. And, and you know, as well as I do, James, you know, there are lots of us out there that, that have a really hard time um, just dealing with life and, and doing the simplest things that, you know, when I had two legs, man, I, I could do so many things, so many little things that I took for granted, you know, I had no idea, you know, how hard it would be for people out there. And I was just like, you know, cooking breakfast in the kitchen and just doing things. And, you know, you don't even think about that. And then I wake up in the hospital and, you know, all of that's changed. And, and, you know, I realize, you know, how difficult it can be for people. And, you know, I just want to try to use my story and, and, my mindset and way of thinking to try to help inspire others to, you know, try to get their lives together and, and maybe, um, you know, make something of themselves, make something of themselves that they could didn't think was even possible or still don't think it's possible even. So. Do you think it's given you a greater sense of gratitude, you know, for, for, for being appreciative of even this minute detail? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I have a bunch of pictures in my house that, you know, of me, um, you know, walking around on two legs. And sometimes I'll glance at that picture and I'll think to myself, you know, was I grateful 
for that left leg there in that picture. And I mean, you know, most of the time I'll probably think probably not, you know, I was probably worried about something small or something insignificant, you know, and I wasn't even grateful for my own health and, and, a, you know, easy way to get around. And um, that's definitely changed my perspective in life. You know, I don't try to let small things, you know, bother me like I used to, you know, with work or, you know, bills, finances, whatever it may be. Um, at the end of the day, you know, that stuff really doesn't matter all that much. You know, those are small instances in your life that we put so much thought and pressure on that, that really aren't going to give you a fulfilled life at the end of the, at the end of the road, you know, um, you know, I was very fortunate to even be able to walk away or I guess hobble away that day with my life. And, um, you know, when I was laying there in the field bleeding out, I, I never thought once about, you know, the kind of car I drove or the house that I lived in or, um, you know, how much money I made at my job. You know, I thought about my family. I thought about my son. And, you know, when I woke up from that, when I was fortunate enough to wake up 12 days later, those things stuck with me. You know, I'm not trying to get caught up in all the small um, things that we just let control our lives every day. You know, I'm trying to really appreciate life for what it is. And, you know, have a good understanding of, you know, what matters, what's important. And I feel like I was almost given a gift that day when, you know, this thing, terrible thing happened to me. Um, I walked away from, from it with a new perspective. And I'm very grateful for that, for sure. You know, I'm not grateful for everything that happened to me, but I am grateful for that new perspective and that new way of, of looking at life, you know, in a more positive light versus, a negative light versus thinking about all the things we got to do. I'm just thinking about the things that I had still have and that I'm grateful for. And you know, that everybody out there has these, a lot of people out there have these things and um, you know, a lot of people take them for granted. And I, I feel like that with my experience, I can probably help show people that, you know, maybe we're putting too much weight on, on some of these small things in life that, that at the end of the road really aren't going to matter, you know? So let me ask you this question then, Matt, what would be one thing that you know now, obviously after the accident, 11 months on that you like to have t told yourself as that young individual and as a collegiate athlete, I guess as a collegiate athlete, what I would have liked to have told myself that I have now, um, is, you know, that inner beast, that, um, you know, that pot, super positive um, mindset, that it factor is there. You know, it's there. It's been there all along. And it's sometimes very hard to tap into, as, as we all know. You know, not everybody can tap into that it factor that, that really, you know, pushes them to that next level. And, I'll be the first one to say I did not have that it factor when I was there. You know, I was physically gifted. Um, you know, I'm six foot six and, and I could move very well, but I didn't have the mental toughness to show up to work every day and go the extra mile. You know, I was, I was more focused on other things outside of sports. You know, I was focused on being a college kid and, and, you know, just living that life. And that's what I thought that I was missing out on. And really, the whole time, I was just missing out on, you know, really showing myself that what I'm capable of, you know, that that mindset that you tap into and you start to, you know, reach your goals and you start to, you know, get to the next level. And, you know, I, I, I would love to go back. And, and I say this all the time, you know, if I had the drive and the fire inside of me that I have now when I was back when I was 20 years old, you know, there's no telling what I could have accomplished then. And that's definitely something I would, I would want to go back and, you know, sit down and explain to my younger self that, look, man, it's there. You know, you have it. We all have it. Every person on this earth has it. You know, you just got to figure out a way to tap into it. And sometimes people can tap into it 
on their own, sometimes you're hit with something like a tragedy or something and it just kind of comes alive in you. And, uh, you know, that, that's something that, you know, I'd like to share with all people is, you know, we all have it. We all are capable of it. We just have to find a way to get there. But do you think you kind of had an outlook from a collegiate athlete perspective as you didn't want you, you had this fear of missing out on what was on the periphery of technically what your, I know people will say you were there as a student athlete and student first, but you were talking about obviously the party lifestyle as opposed to the, the academia side of things. But do you think because you weren't, tapped in zoned in uh, and focused and driven as your peers that made it to the next level do you think that's probably why you have this element to a certain extent of um you didn't live up to quite to your expectation that you obviously hold of yourself now yeah i mean definitely you know another another thing that i got to witness down there firsthand was you know, I played alongside a bunch of talented individuals. You know, nearly every player we had on the team was talented in his own way. And, um, you know, I got to watch and, and learn firsthand that talent wasn't necessarily going to get you to where you wanted to be. You know, I, I played with a lot of guys that, you know, that never made it, that never, you know, got to the next level, that never got on the field in Baton Rouge. And, you know, I consider myself one of those guys now. But, um, you know, I, I basically got to see firsthand, you know, talent isn't everything. You know, just because you're not talented at something doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. You know, it's it's your work ethic. It's the, it, it's the it factors that you can control that are really going to drive you and push you to that next level. You know, talent is – is useless is useless without um, you know the proper mindset without the mindset that you can achieve what you want to achieve as long as you stick to a goal and be disciplined and work hard at it you know just because you're talented doesn't mean you're going to be successful you've got to have the other things that come along with talent to really push yourself to the next level so what would you what would you say to sorry to interrupt you there Matt what would you say to people then in terms of, you know, the argument of if, if talent is not going to be enough and you need to still have that work ethic, why do so many individuals and kids nowadays go to these, you know, I'm not going to say higher prestige institutions, but be it the ones that are more in the spotlight. If they have this, if they had the work rate of be it, oh, there's still people that have made it to the next level who've gone to smaller schools, why do they necessarily have to go to the, to the, be the, well, we'll cut, we'll, I'll, I'll put the SEC as the beast that it is. Why does, why does a kid choose to go to a, that one of those power five conferences? If they know in themselves that they can still put in the work, same work ethic, at a smaller school, and obviously they're not going to get the same media coverage, but that argument is kind of, you could throw that out the window now with social media. Yeah, so, um, you know, that that's the thing with, with the NFL. You know, you see guys from all over, from schools, from big to small, you know, and everything in between. And, um, you know, that's that's really where it separates, you know, the the work ethic, from the talent, you know, I guess in high school, a lot of the guys that get the opportunity to play at these big prestigious schools are the guys that have tremendous talent, you know, that, that show out on film or they have, you know, uh, tremendous size or strength, you know, these, these things, talent can get you in the door, but it's not going to get you to where you want to be down the road. You know, you may have a guy that's, not the biggest, not the fastest out of high school, he winds up going to a small school. But what these big schools didn't know, because they don't see him every day when he's in high school, is his work ethic and his drive to be the best. And, you know, you can you can bring yourself to become the best. You may not be the most talented, but you can work hard enough and, and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. 
um, you know, just by having the correct mindset and waking up every day and, and uh, you know, doing all the things that it takes to, to get to those goals. So let me ask you that, Matt, the other side of the argument for that then, and, and use you, for you being in a high-pressured environment that is an SEC school, how come that didn't bring out a fire within you from a competitive standpoint to kind of say, well, I'm going to hold my levels of standards to a certain bit, and if I fall below those, that's not acceptable to myself? Well, I mean, I think it all kind of boils back down to, you know, being there and, you know, not having the right attitude every day. You know, a lot of times a high school kid, when they get the chance to go play at that next level in college level, especially at a big university, they think they've already put in the work. They think they've already um, earned a spot. And, you know, that couldn't be more wrong. You know, and that that was basically the trap that I had fallen into. You know, I felt like, you know, these coaches, they want me here. They give me a full scholarship. You know, all I got to do is show up, put in my time, you know, work out, and my time is going to come. And that's what I did. I mean, I was not the guy that would skip in workouts and skip in practice and not go into class. I mean, I was not that guy. I, I did everything that they asked me to do. But – I did not push myself in a way that I should have to achieve my goals. You know, that's, that's a common trap that people fall into when they get the opportunity to go play at that level is they feel like they've already earned a spot. And in actuality, you haven't, you've earned a right to have a chance at a spot, but you still have a lot of work to put in to get there. And, you know, a lot of the kids don't understand that, you know, you're, you have not arrived. You have not made it once you get on campus. You know, you still have a lot of work to put in. You have to do more than your coaches and your peers to, to really, you know, set yourself up for a successful career down the road. And, uh, you know, that was the trap that I fell into. You know, I, I felt like all I had to do was show up do what they told me to do, and everything was just going to kind of work itself out. Well, I was wrong, and it took me four years to realize that. And, you know, once I got done, I was bitter about it, and I didn't want to talk about it. And I was, you know, upset with myself. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had gone down, gone down there and achieved what, what I, you know, wanted to achieve. And it was hard for me to visit that. And then – this happened to me 11 months ago and it was like all that stuff kind of fell into place and made sense. And I was able to think about it and process it and move on from it. And, you know, basically learn from, from my mistake and, and learn how to move forward and try to make the most of, you know, this second chance at it, you know, athletic or career, I guess you'd call it, you know, I'm not necessarily calling this a career being an amputee, but it almost you have to approach it like it is a career because it's such a big change in your life that you know takes place and um you know to be successful at that career I guess we'll just keep calling it that um you know I already had the building blocks I had the tools I had learning experiences that really helped me to thrive in it you know and and become successful at it so and do you think because of the accident being in the bigger picture a much bigger deal to overcome than obviously the the, the I, I don't want to put words into your mouth be it rejection uh to a certain extent failure not living up to your expectations do you think because obviously in into the con to the extent of obviously losing a limb the four years is not a big deal no, no, it's it's not a big deal, you know. Um, you know, you lose a limb, that's for life. You know, it's not it's not coming back. So, yeah, I would definitely say that has probably helped, you know, push me a little bit harder, uh, knowing that, you know, this is this is for life, and I, I've got to deal with this now. You know, the faster I can 
get on top of this and, and figure this out, you know, the more successful I'm going to be down the road. Um, you know, and I guess in a way, when I was playing football at LSU, it, it almost felt like, you know, it was going to be there whenever I was ready for it. And it's not, you know, down there you're on a time clock and, you know, you only have a set amount of years, four years or five years to, to get it done. And, um, you know, that that's definitely something that, that you can learn from. And I guess in a way, when this happened to me, I kind of put a time clock in my head, like something similar, you know, that, that kind of helped me, you know, achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve in a, in a faster way. You know, I kind of felt like I was under pressure, you know, to to get to where I wanted to be for, for me and my family. Do you think do you think it to a certain extent and I'm put it into context for the listeners, do you think it comes down to a certain extent of on the words now I've gone out of my head <laughs> in terms of you you are you you know you're you're in it for the moment now as opposed to and I've got to a certain extent similar aspects within my sporting career that you 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 don't live for the moment. You you kind of think, well, I can look back on the glory days when I finished. I, I'm not gonna silk it all up. I'm not gonna put from your words that you use. Utilize that time that I've got on that specific day to go at it a hundred percent. I I can kind of rest on my laurels to a certain extent. Show up. And that's enough. Whereas I think maybe on reflection for you and I now, well, it wasn't enough because if we'd have shown up and and maximized that full potential, where would have we, where okay, it's could have should have would have, but we wouldn't probably be in a different position. And as now, I think now being a coach myself, I talk about being one percent better, and, and people do kind of take that out of context sometimes. As to, if I do that every day for a hundred days, I'll be a hundred percent better. It's like, but that's all a perspective. That's perception. You're not going to be at zero percent to start off with. So I, I take that very, with a pinch of salt and a little bit uh, of, I know where you're coming from, from that argument, but people are going to be at different stage. be, I don't know, 50%, 40%, 80%. So that the, 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 the emphasis of improvement, is going to be very individualistic. But I think where you talk about goal perspective, those are going to shift. The closer you get to perfection, you might deviate and say, well, I, I wanted to go this direction. Now I want my my uh, perspective and ideology has changed and I want to go in a different direction. So I think people will never attain 100%. We talk about it in sport, but it's it's not. Nobody is ever, even in, in the game of football, nobody is ever 100% perfect in any game. You're trying to strive for it, but you don't truly get to it. And I think you do shift. But I think coming back to my point, it does come back to, obviously, living for that moment. Do you think now that you've become an amputee, you obviously soak up that everyday kind of perspective? Yeah, and that, uh, you know, get 1% better every day. I've kind of, you know, lived by that as well through all this. And, you know, I think, you know, people can get technical and say, oh, if I get 1% better every day, like you said, in 100 days, I'm going to be at 100%. Well, that's not technically what that message is. The message is, is that we have to just get better. And if it's just that 1% every day, if you can just achieve you know one percent betterness every day you know in the end you're gonna get the goals that you want you know and that's that's really the the message it's, it's not about you know it's not a numbers game it's more about the mindset that you know I just have to get better even if it's just one percent today I have to put in something I have to do something to get better and you know on the goal setting you know one thing that I've really felt that has helped me through all this is, you know, oftentimes, you know, everybody, every human, we set goals for ourselves. And so many times we, we fail to reach these goals. And, 
you know, what I've done in my approach to this has been, you know, fairly simple. It's basically you set a goal for yourself, you write it down and you put it away. You forget about it. And then you think on all the little things that are in your control every day. You know, what am I going to wake up? What time am I going to wake up? You know, what am I going to eat for breakfast? What am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for dinner? You know, when am I going to exercise? You think about the small little things that are in your control every day. And that's what you focus on. You don't focus on, I got to lose 30 pounds. You focus on, all right, I'm going to wake up at six. I'm going to eat this for breakfast. And you do that every single day. And that's basically kind of what I've adapted, um, adopted in, in since my accident 11 months ago. You know, I, it's, it's overwhelming to think about, you know, trying to learn how to walk again or, you know, trying to lose, you know, 30, 40 pounds, whatever my goal was. It's, it's overwhelming to wake up every day and think, oh, my gosh, I got to learn how to walk. You know, I mean, you're, you're never going to achieve that goal if you wake up and you're just immediately punched in the face by this huge, overwhelming goal that at the time does not even seem possible. So what I did was I was like, I can't think about this. You know, I have to think about these small things. All right. I got to get out on the floor. I got to do 10 push-ups right now. You know, I can do that in 10 seconds, you know, and, and you just think about these little things that are in our control that are easy to do every single day. And eventually you're going to look up and be amazed at the progress you've made and amazed at you know, how close you are to attaining your goal or if you have attained your goal. And, and that's really, you know, the approach that I've adopted um, through my whole recovery process. And I felt like it's been very successful for me. You know, it may not work for everybody, but for me, it was super simple. And it kept me from thinking and being overwhelmed every day when I woke up by these huge goals that I'd set for myself that at the time, I didn't know if I could even get there, you know. Doctors were telling me that I would never walk again, that I would be in a wheelchair most likely for the rest of my life. And four months later, I'm walking around again on a prosthetic. You know, it was it was unreal. And, and the way I got there was just simply thinking about the small things every day that I can control that are easy. And eventually I got what I wanted. And do you think, you know, the medical profession is saying you will never be able to walk again? Are you seeing all that negative um, information on the internet about dealing with your your limitations? I won't call it disability because I, I get what people say where it's it's not a great word to use. But yeah. be it from that point of view, on you being a very much driven person, going back to your roots within athletics, do you think it came down to the fact that you wanted to be that one person that was going to be contradictory to everything that's gone before you? Yeah, I definitely do. You know, that the doctor's telling me that, you know, because of my specific injury and how, how bad it was, you know, I think I had 13 surgeries in all, and I was unconscious for 12 days. Um, and they, they didn't know if I would ever be able to bear weight on, on my residual limb or whatever I had left. And, um, you know, so they were basically giving me worst case scenario, telling me that, you know, most likely you're not going to run again. You're not going to jump. You're not going to climb. You know, you're not going to do any of this. And, you know, I guess it took for me, I, the good thing about social media is, you know, all it took for me was, I saw somebody else doing it on Instagram or Facebook. And I was like, man, if that, if that person can do it, I can do it, you know? And that just kind of gets me back, I guess, to my competitive nature. Um, and, and I've always been competitive my whole life. You know, my family can tell you that I, I do whatever it takes to win. Even if, if I got to cheat to win, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> so, but I'm always proud to say that or admit that, but it's the truth, you know? And, um, you know, that, that's what it took for me was, was seeing somebody else do it and then knowing that, hey, if that person can do it, why can't I do it, you know? 
I mean, I'm not any different than them. You know, we all, like I said earlier, we all have this it factor in us. And if someone else is tapping into it and learning how to deal with this, I can't, you know. And that's the way I, I've kind of approached it from the get-go. But hearing you talk there, Matt, in terms of you being told by the medical profession that you can't jump, you can't climb, what stops you being able to climb when you've lost, you've lost a lower limb? I can understand them saying that if you've lost an arm or, uh, or depending on the extremity of, of, the, of the upper limb loss, but you could still do that with one leg. Uh, jumping it, it's probably redefined as something different. It's, 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 you're doing it anyway by hopping. You're doing that just by moving. Yeah, well, I think they were probably looking at me, and like I said earlier, I was 280 pounds the day it happened. I was a big guy. They probably were thinking, all right, there's no way this guy's going to, you know, get his body built up and have the, you know, the, the mental toughness to, to get to where he wants to be. And, you know, I knew all along, I was like, you guys are wrong, man. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. You know, I was like, we'll see, you know, when they were sitting here telling me all this. And um, I proved them wrong. I'm, I'm proud to say that I've been climbing, you know, I climb ladders and do all kinds of stuff. You know, I jump on boxes, everything. And, you know, it's, it, it, all, it felt good to prove them wrong. It really did. Um, because I knew deep down I had it in me. I just had to figure out a way to get it, get it out, you know. But do you think for for the, I'm not saying majority, but for a big proportion of the population that do you encounter getting this similar ailment that you've you 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 now have, won't they be resigned to the fact of accepting that that's now my net, that is now my new limit because of what's somebody else uh, who we greatly respect because they're an authority figure has told me this is my, this is my new normal. And this is my, this is, I can't be able to push beyond these barriers. It's, this is, this is my limit. I can't, I can't escape this because of obviously them believing that to be so because of what has begun, become, uh, what has gone before with be it the literature, um, past people's negative experiences. Do you think that's very negative? uh perspective to kind of lump everybody into a box yeah no i definitely do you know um the percentages i think are broken down and you know amputations and i think it's like 85 percent of of amputations are due to you know diabetes or some kind of vascular uh, disorder but um you know and to hear a doctor say that to you is is pretty tough you know, like you said, it's a, he's an authority figure, and you, you can't help but think that he's seen tons of these cases, you know, when you're laying there. And, you know, he's seen countless times people that are in a wheelchair for the rest of their life, and they don't ever get out of it. And um, it's definitely a, a dagger to the heart, you know, and hearing this from, from a medical professional. But it takes a certain kind of person to basically block that out of their head and and move on past that and you know it's it's not always easy you know some days I would wake up and say man maybe he was right you know maybe I am just going to be like this and I'm, I'm not going to ever build my strength back up to a certain level and you know you just got to forget about it you got to think in a different direction and, and that's where you know, going back to focusing on these small things. Don't think about the big things. Think about the small things, you know, that you can control every day. And, you know, just see where the journey takes you down the road. Do you think it it does take, uh, be it, you know, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't, I don't like the word influencer, but be it using your influence of being there and living it day to day, like you and I do and, and countless other people do that I will, not necessarily document it, but be a guiding light for other people that are struggling and suffering to kind of say, we've been there, we've done it. We've kind of got the t-shirt and be it this, this, this person that is okay. An authority figure 
has never okay he he visually sees these problems but he physically never has to overcome them so do you think because we are there living it we have a better hand first-hand experience to kind of say well he's given you the facts to be this is what he's seen in the past and this is how other people have dealt with it but you don't have to be you don't have to accept that you can kind of create your own in a sense your own reality as to what you can achieve and be like yourself you're an outlier in terms of probably those figures now as you've overcome it and come out the other side kind of the light at the end of the tunnel kind of perspective do you think it it does help for those individuals to say okay i don't want to aspire to do what i did at the in the athletic realm maybe to aspire to what you've obviously accomplished and probably you've set a different goal for, for where you want to go in the future but be it just to be able to live a, a an everlasting lifestyle be it something you're, you're content in yourself and you're living your life to the full potential do you think that's where we need to come in and say kind of hang on a minute this is only one side of the argument what about the other side no, you're you're exactly right on that. And I have a story that kind of entails this a little bit. So, you know, I was laying there in the ICU unit and um, <clears throat> I would have people come in constantly, you know, trying to talk to me, trying to tell me that, you know, it was going to be okay. And, you know, they understood I was going through something hard. And these were, you know, for the large, large majority, we're all able-bodied people, you know, and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, you don't have a clue. Like, you've never done this. You've never experienced what it's like to lose a limb, you know, and I would just sit there and listen, nod my head, like, yeah, yeah, whatever, okay, and I'll never forget, I was laying there one day, and uh, a guy walked in, and he was came in, he was in a, a scrubs, he worked there at the hospital. And um, he walked in, he introduced himself, and I was like, yeah, here we go again. You know, he's just going to tell me to hang in there, and I can get through this. And I remember he leaned back on the counter, and he lifted his pants leg up, and he had a prosthetic leg. He was, I think he was a BK, below knee. And I just remember when I saw that prosthetic leg, I was like, holy shit. I was like, this guy, this guy knows what I'm going through you know he's been there he's seen it he's lived it and immediately I just lit up you know and I started to listen and ask questions and figure out you know what were my challenges going to be moving forward and you know it, it really took seeing someone else who had been through what I had been through to really kind of create a light for me to to walk towards or, or go towards you know and and to understand that you know, this is possible just because all these doctors are coming here and telling me that, you know, I'm probably not going to walk doesn't mean that that has to be me. You know, I choose my own path. I'm the one that has to live my life. So I'm going to choose to live it the way I want to. And to have a mentor there, to have another person who's been through a similar struggle, a similar tragedy made all the difference in, in me seeing that, you know, this is possible and I'm capable of doing it. If he's capable of doing it, I'm capable of doing it. And, you know, having that competitiveness in me to to be like, all right, well, if you can do it, I can do it kind of thing, you know. And I think a lot of people, you know, that go through something do have a competitiveness to them. And I feel like it's, it's our jobs, mine and your job, James, and any other entities out there who are successful to share their story and, you know, try to help others who – are struggling that are going through a tough time that feel hopeless and don't feel like that, you know, they can live a life that's, that's worth living, you know, because that's completely false. That is not true. You know, you can, you can create a life for yourself that, that you enjoy that, that you wake up and, and you're proud to be uh, living every single day, you know, reach out, to somebody to appear anybody and you know i'd be glad to help i know you'd be glad to help for sure and um you know we can we can definitely discuss and, and talk and figure out a way to you know try to get you set in the right direction for sure 
So my last question to you, Matt, then before we wrap up the episode is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? I would probably say that, you know, your mindset is more powerful than, than you believe. Um, you know, if you can wake up and think to yourself that you can achieve the goals that you have set for yourself and think that you can focus on the small things that get you to where you want to be, um, you're fully capable of doing it. You know, every person has this it factor in them. You just got to figure out how you can best tap into it. So once again, Matt, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Yep, sure thing, James. Thanks for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. Yeah. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Matt and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at M underscore C underscore branch and at James O Roberts 11 and that's the number 11 and you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook and additionally if you had any questions don't hesitate to shoot them over as well and as always do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the tab resources but not forgetting I've also started a new Facebook group especially for the podcast which you can find by typing the mindset athlete. So make sure to check those links out. They will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category sport. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.